Flawcast, episode number 74, Steadfastness. Be like the cliff against which the waves continually break, but it stands firm and tames the fury of the water around it. Marcus Aurelius. Flawcast. Flawcast. Get in the arena. What's up, Will? Willy Will? Hello. Hello, Willie. How are you today? <laughs> I'm actually. I, don't, I, don't, I, I think I'm sick. I think I have that Chinese disease, Dragon Butt. Dragon Butt. You're actually in a pretty decent mood today. Yes. You've only <laughs> talked about dying a few times. I have had half a pint of vodka before you guys got here. So. Oh, are you drinking human blood too? <laughs> yeah. There are no. I wear it in my shoes. Oh, you wear your shoes. Good job. Good job. Hey, do we have anyone else coming in the studio today? Since they blew us off last week, do you know? Um. Uh, well, let's. Let me look to my left. Stormy Norman. My name's Norman. Good to have you, Buzzard. How you doing? I see you guys to drop by. What up, gentlemen? Here's Johnny. Johnson. All right. Thanks What's for, up? Thanks for bringing me back in. No problem, no problem. How was your guys' trip up to the mothership? It was delightful. It was everything that you could ask for in a mothership. The accommodations were quite lovely. Excellent. Nice. It was nice that they allowed me to bring a friend this time. And they had, you know, it's like, you know, this time bring a friend. So, Excellent. Hey, Bill, I think you're the only one who hasn't made it to the mothership yet. Kind of given us a- well, A, it didn't identify itself to me. Oh. It made itself known as the ship. And B, who says I haven't? That's right. Uh, as, as our good friend Stormer Norman pointed out, we can't call it the mothership. Yes. No more. Oh, that's right. What am I thinking? It's just the so ship for now on. That was the name of the ship in the Alien movie. Remember? No, oh, Nostradam. Nostr- Nostr- mother. They called her mother. Remember the movie Alien? Yes. They called the ship mother. Yes, they did. I saw 2001 a couple weeks ago, and I'm still like, that's you're, you're confusing Alien with anything else? Well, obviously, you've not seen 2001 to know it is the most. 2001 Space Odyssey? Yeah, it's the best science fiction space film ever. I've never seen it. That's mm-hmm. like. Confusing Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th. You can't do that. I've never seen 2001. Is it good? It is the most intellectually challenging film I've ever seen, which is saying a lot, admittedly. It's like someone saying I don't Camp Crystal Lake and you're going, Oh, yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street. I don't watch movies to be intellectually challenged. I no. watch movies to not have to think whatsoever. Uh-huh. That's why I love superhero movies. Well, another good sci fi movie is The Abyss and the sequel, Son of Abyss. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, we want to welcome and thank everybody to a brand new, fun filled episode of Flawcast. Dan. All right, so you can hear us anywhere podcasts are Spotify, Apple, Google Play. Doing well on Rumble. Rumble yeah, we are on par with Rumble as we are on YouTube, which we got another notice from YouTube yesterday. But they're wonderfully authoritarian thought police. So, But Flawed Inc., FlawedInc.com is our website. Doing my daily Flawed Vlogs, you can find there. And uh, please subscribe, please share. We appreciate everything you're doing. You can find us on the Project Mockingbird social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are doing well on Gab, back on Parlor, and we are on Beweed. All right, so with that being said, we are going to... Let's get into this. Let's, uh, Jason. Let's everyone take your right hand, place it over your left heart, and with us, I, I pledge, pledge allegiance to, to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Yes. Lord, Lord God. God.
And with that baseball season just started, just make sure you don't wear any racist Chief Wahoo paraphernalia to... Uh... Oh, and make sure you don't play the All-Star game in Georgia. Oh, yeah, I heard about oh, that. Yeah. Bill's just yeah, triggering us, isn't he? All-Star game in Georgia because they passed a voter law saying you have to show your ID. So then I can have the All-Star game in Georgia. So now Major League Baseball... Wait, they canceled the Major League Baseball All-Star game in Georgia. that was going to be played in Georgia That's right. because there was a law passed in Georgia that to place a vote, you have to show identification. Correct. Right. Correct. But you do have to show You're identification quick. to get your tickets from Will Call to go to the baseball game. See, this makes Genius. me think we need to revisit the clown world. Dude, we're living in clown world. We can <laughs> do every episode of clown world. You guys know that the devil went down to Georgia? He was looking for a soul to steal. Well, that's the same thing with like the CEO of Delta Airlines come out speaking against the voter ID thing, but yet you gotta show an ID to get on an airplane. airplane. I don't even know. So, well, I was, real quick, before we get going, I did uh, have a conversation with Donald earlier this week and a perfect phone call and we're getting uh, it was great it was tremendous it was really great we're, best phone call he, ever getting, get any better than that very he's, strong he's really, he's really getting close to launching his new social media platform so keep your eye out for that it's he's pretty wonderful. excited about it it's going to be great and wonderful yeah it's going to be good you're going to be able to find flawed cast on it and you know when it's out be there saying? thank you Mr. Trump that's right so this episode, we, as we did last episode, are going to be talking about some principles that are philosophical because truth be told, I've just come to this point where I can't convince people anymore. So I think the best thing we can do is to help prepare people. So the last episode, we talked about freedom. This episode, we're going to talk about steadfastness. What does steadfastness mean, Willem? I like to think of it as um, you need to be like a cliff. Okay. You mean like Cliff like, from Cheers? Norm knows him. I was, actually, I was actually thinking about Cliff from The Cosby Show. Wah, 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 wah. Oh. Oh, and drug people. Mr. Yeah, Huxtable. That tracks. Well, <laughs> he did play a doctor in that show. Is not like Fauci? And, or Bill Gates. Give him a play with your pudding pop. <laughs> <laughs> so the idea of this came to me. It's almost now when I look at people like Bill Cosby, I almost want to give him a pass because at least he didn't touch any kids. Like, that's how I feel now. That's how I, bad uh, it is you, out there. Right. I mean, you know. Well, it's like, oh, it's just adults. <laughs> I know that sounds horrible, and I'm kidding when I say that. It's, it's horrible what he did. It's just there's some. Anyway, uh, I digress. I'm sorry. But yes, so steadfastness and. It reminds me of that movie, The 300. Spartans! I do like the quote, though. Marcus Aurelius. Be like the cliff against which the waves continually break, but it's stands firm and tames the fury of the water around it. It's a pretty profound quote, actually. Well, he was a pretty profound guy before joking Phoenix killed him. So, uh, steadfast definition is fixed in direction, steadily directed, or firm in purpose, resolution, faith, attachment, etc. Unwavering as resolution, faith, adherence, etc. And then firmly established as an institution of a state of affairs, firmly fixed in place or position. So, I like actually the word resolute. I think that's really good definition. So the idea of being purposefully engaged, and when I think of steadfast, I think of having your moral compass fixed to north, and even though winds and waves of adversity may come and try to knock you off course, that that your compass is still pointed north, that you will always eventually end up heading in that direction. It kind of ties in with this really weird word called integrity. Sure. Consistency, integrity. I mean, it's just a piece of steadfastness you're talking about. But more importantly, like I said, I just don't know how you can 
show facts to people anymore, and they can just be oblivious. So I think the best thing we can do is try to morally and spiritually prepare people for the hell that's being unleashed. Yeah, well, we're not a factually-based society anymore. We're no, a I know. feelings-based society, 100%. Right. I know. That being said, I have some scriptures, and as I was putting this together— Did you write these scriptures yourself? Uh, the Almighty did through the different men that prose them, but let's just get these scriptures out. I have a couple other quotes, and then I, I think it's important to talk about the idea of being steadfast and, and what that means, and, and more importantly, not just what it means, but how to apply it. You know, like whenever you go to church, like you hear the pastor give this message, and it's like, oh, that's great, but how does that work? How do you apply that? So I want to talk about being steadfast and, and applying that in our life. Which one do you find, uh, gents? I want to. I want to. Me, me, me. You win. I want to read an Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, NIV. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Hebrews 12, 1-3 from The Message. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on, it means we'd better get on with it. Strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat. No parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed, that exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there, in the place of honor right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item. The long litany of hostility he plowed through that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. I wow. like that. I like that too. Yeah. The idea of steadfast means that there's going to be challenges, there's going to be things that are going to come against us, but perseverance, integrity, resoluteness in the face of that adversity, adrenaline to your souls. Yeah, I think steadfast is a, is a good way to word that. But I also think that as I survey the ground that we're walking on, you can be oblivious to things, or you can look at what's coming and cock your head and, and just hunker down and run towards the battle, run towards whatever. Or not, you could, you know, sit in the back row and like a coward, and that's fine too, but either way. But I want to be one that would encourage people and hopefully, as an example, run towards adversity, run towards challenges, and face them head on. Or you could be like those freaks from Independence Day who got their billboards and went up on top of the building when the alien insurrection right. was happening and said, you know, bring us all of us. Yeah. Sounds like pretty much what would happen today. Well, maybe they could ride a stripper pole in the hell. I had an image in my head when you were talking about, like, steadfastness and cocking your head. Remember in the movie Aliens when she was looking for Newt and she walks into that room and the mother aliens there and all those uh, pods or eggs, whatever you call them. She just cocks her head and then turns on the flamethrower and shooting the eggs. Yeah, that's it. Well, and that's the thing, like, they used to be, like, really strong science fiction-based heroines that weren't conjoled or forced upon us, you know, like Sarah Connor, uh, Ripley, you know, it's not like you got these... Legit chicks. <clears throat> right, like, you know, who you buy could kick ass. Like, you could look at Sigourney Weaver and, like, yeah, she could handle herself versus, like, Miss Marvel or Captain Marvel. Can't stand her. Brie Larson. Oh, my God. I, I... Sigourney was a good-looking filly. 
Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, She's quite a filly. Yeah. <laughs> well, then, Johnny, why don't you read the next set of scripture? Yes, I would love to get into Ezekiel 3, verses 7 through 9 from the New International Version. Start with verse 7. But the people of Israel are not willing to listen to you because they are not willing to listen to me. For all the Israelites are hardened and obstinate. But I will make you as unyielding and hardened as they are. I will make your forehead like the hardest stone, harder than flint. Do not be afraid of them or terrified by them, though they are a rebellious people. If you read the Amplified Version, it reads like this. Yet the house of Israel will not be willing to listen to you and obey you, since they are not willing to listen to me and obey me. For the entire house of Israel is stubborn and obstinate. Behold, I have made your face as hard as their faces and your forehead as hard as their foreheads. I have made your forehead like every diamond, harder than flint. Do not be afraid of them or dismayed before them, though they are a rebellious house. If you read the Message Bible, which is Billy's new go-to, I think. The whole thing of Scripture, in my opinion, isn't necessarily to remember every jot and jittle. It's to get the, the idea and the spirit yeah. of to it. So. The, message across. But don't change. Ezekiel 3, 79 from the Message Bible states this, but it won't work that way with the family of Israel. They won't listen to you because they won't listen to me. They are, as I said, a hard case, hardened in their sin, but I'll make you hard in a way as they are in theirs. I'll make your face as hard as a rock, harder than granite, or granite if you're normal English-speaking person. Don't let them intimidate you. Don't be afraid of them, even though they're a bunch of rebels. Rebels! All right, so maybe this is just a little projecting, but the idea of steadfastness is that there's going to be obstacles. There's going to be things that come against you that you have to be steadfast in. There would be no purpose to be steadfast if there was no treatment or if there was nothing being leveled against you that didn't warrant that steadfast spirit. And even in here, I love how the Almighty was speaking through the prophet Ezekiel to say, listen, they didn't listen to me. They're not going to listen to you, but that's okay. I am going to make, and I'm going to paraphrase, I'm going to make your steadfastness outweigh their stubbornness. And I think that's where I want to come at with this. The fact that we need as purveyors of integrity and freedom and harbingers of the dynamic love of God be steadfast, have our forehead like flint that we could plow through this resistance, the, the rebellion, the whatever you want to say, because I do believe that even if people are refusing to open their eyes or see the facts or whatever the case may be, that that means for us, we have to be even more determined that we have to be even more steadfast in being purveyors of truth and liberty. Amen. So what you're saying is those waves that are crashing against that cliff gives that cliff more meaning. Yes. It gives a purpose, right? Well, I think it does a couple things. I think it verifies to the cliff or the metaphorical us that we can withstand that beating, that we can withstand the pressure and the wind and the waves and things coming against us. But also, I think it's a sign to others of our stalwartness to be able to endure things. Norman. Yes. Please do the next verse, and I won't even ask you to do it in Stallone's voice. No, we're going to tell you to. <laughs> Matthew 24, 9 through 13, Amplified. Then they will hand you over to endure tribulation and will put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of my name. At that time, many will be offended and repelled by their association with me and will fall away from the one whom they should trust and will betray one another, handing over believers to their persecutors and will hate one another. Many false prophets will appear and mislead many. Because lawlessness is increased, the love of most people will grow cold, but the one who endures and bears up under suffering to the end 
will be saved. And if we can just go back to 11 real quick, many false prophets will appear and mislead many because lawlessness is increased. The love of most people will grow cold. I mean, think about this. I, I mean, there, there's you know. been a sifting that's going on right now, especially mm. in the church. You're either aligning yourself with the world and what's going on out there today, or you're aligning yourself with God and you're going to become that cliff to withstand the weight. You brought up some people we know were having a conversation about the little Nas X, call me by your name video and how you knew some Christians. And I've read a couple articles like from Relevant Magazine and a couple other things that were touting this. So this isn't one isolated thing, but how like Christians are saying, oh, this guy was mistreated and abused by the church. It's an excuse. And with all due respect, most people in ministry that I've worked Mm. with or worked under have spiritually molested most people. And, and, and that's just it. So, and, and, thing, but some people take that and say, well, I was mistreated because they didn't agree with my lifestyle or they told me the way that I was living was wrong. You know, sometimes, yes, you can't, people have offended, people have mistreated, maybe misspoke or maybe were a little bit too intrusive. But the fact is, the truth of God's word hurts. It hurts my feelings sometimes, but that doesn't change the fact that it's true. And I'm either going to be offended by it and turn away. Or I'm going to let it sharpen me and make me a better person because I simply know that it's the truth. You're right, and I think you bring a valid point. In context of what we're talking is the idea of being steadfast in saying people may have been overzealous or misspoke or playing asshats. Let's just be honest. And I'm not talking like we all sin. We all have our slip-ups, right? But blatantly and persistently living and engaging in things that are willfully, dangerously just anti-scriptural. Sir William, have, you've had a few run-ins, maybe encounters with leadership and, and various church functions that maybe have led you to be a little bit less than satisfied with that church experience. Let me ask you a question. Did it ever lead you to the point where you felt like maybe you wanted to dry hump the ever-living out of Lucifer? I'm just throwing that out there. No. And then put your <laughs> your blood in your shoes. I'm just curious. I didn't know if that's no. a normal reaction. He, ha- he has sometimes thought about entering hell on a stripper pole. Yes. Well, I mean, who hasn't? But, um... I mean, no, I, well, often I think I've been done wrong, so you know what I'm going to do now? And I know we're kind of making light of things, but this goes back to the point that we're saying is, is that even bringing this up, like even challenging, I would say emerging thoughts. Okay, so if we're calling out this little Nas X and like, like Relevant Magazine or these other quote unquote sources that are empathizing and it's okay to empathize. It's okay to sympathize. Yeah, if, if something happened to this dude, like, yeah, that sucks, really. Like, legitimately, my heart goes out. However, there's a difference between saying I was hurt versus I'm going to take the influence and the talents I've been given and purposefully mislead, entice, and confuse people into allegiance with something that they don't fully know and understand. You can wrap it up with personal accountability. Nobody wants to take personal accountability for anything they do anymore. And there's always an escape. We, we've become soft as a society. There's all, everybody's a winner. There are no losers. If I do something wrong, it's because somebody forced me to do something wrong. Right, but it calls for steadfastness in, in what we're saying because even though that is the oh, emergency. Our, our mission remains clear. Yeah. Well, no, absolutely. And you're right. So, so like what you and Norm are talking about, like that's the emerging pervasive thought, even in circles of faith. However, that doesn't mean that that should go unchallenged and then that we should be dormant in our being vocal about that because, you know, and I do like speak about what I've perceived to be allegiances within most organized churches that aren't necessarily, I would say, in align with what I believe the gospel and God's heart is for this hour. And I don't think there's anything wrong with pointing out like at least what we're 
disgusting right now because the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and that's what's happening. But a fine job too. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a lot yeah, of practice. We're, we're allowing it to happen. Exactly. So there's this idea of being steadfast, of being stalwart, of being resilient, unmovable, always abounding in the work solar. Well, yeah, that too. But <laughs> no, I mean that's a great point. As I believe that we're going to see things increase, like the lawlessness and wickedness will increase. It's going to call for an increase in steadfastness and an increase in dedication in not just word, but indeed to our allegiance with the Almighty. Jason? Jake, may read? If you don't mind, yeah. Daniel 7, 25, Amplified. He will speak words against the Most High and wear down the saints of the Most High, and he will intend to change the time and the law, and they will be given into his hand for a time, two times, and a half a time, three and one half years. Uh, this portion in Daniel is part of the eschatological books like Revelation that speaks of past future events that occur, and where it talks about it's going to wear down the saints. This is where it calls for us to be steadfast. This is where it calls for us to be, like Jesus himself said, watch and pray. And this calls for purposeful steadfastness in all areas of our life. And on a side note, like I know we've had these discussions before, but this is one of the several scriptures that lead me to believe that there isn't like a pre-trib rapture because it talks about three and a half years, but nonetheless, little point there. But my larger point is, is that where it says that they will wear down the saints of the Most High, they will intend to change the times and the law. Like, I think we see that. It calls for steadfastness. I don't know if this is clicking with anybody. Like, at least in my heart, this resounded with me this week. And maybe God's just speaking to me. Like, I just need to be steadfast. Like, but I believe it's a larger message because I think we are going through this season. Whether you understand what the season is, like two days ago, it snowed. Like a couple days before, that was like 60-some degrees. So are we in spring? I don't know. Are we in winter? Who knows? Are we in summer? Yeah. My larger point being is that we may not know the season that we're in, but we understand that things are afoot and that things are happening that we have to be aware of, we have to be cognitive of, and I believe that it is calling us to be steadfast and to, we need to wake up and we need to warn up. Johnson, why don't you do the next ones? I'd be happy to. Luke chapter 21, verses 25 and 26 from the New International Version. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world for the heavenly bodies will be shaken yeah that seems about fitting feel like we're there we're knock 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 knocking on that door right anyway uh the message bible reads it this way it will seem like all hell has broken loose <laughs> well that's 2019 2020 and 2021 in a nutshell basically uh the sun the moon stars earth sea in an uproar and everyone all over the world in a complete freaking panic the wind knocked out of them by the threat of doom the powers that to be quaking or you could accept the fact that this city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion what do you mean biblical what he means is old testament mr yes. mayor real wrath of god type stuff exactly. fire and brimstone coming down from the skies rivers and seas boiling 40 years of darkness earthquakes volcanoes the dead rising from the grave Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. I like that. I actually like where it says the wind knocked out of them by the threat of doom. Not even like just doom. Just, just mention of doom. Right. And honestly, like we see that a lot with people. It's and like, It's like the movies. It's the doom. <gasps> Right. It freaks out. Well, and I believe that hopefully the kind of guys that we are aren't one to be faint at these things. Like Jason so frequently says, hold my beer. Hand me another beer. But, Norm, go ahead and take on some of these quotes if you don't mind. Do not mind. Euripides <laughs> is quoted as saying, Wealth stays with us a little moment, if at all. Only our characters are steadfast, not our gold. 
I've got a quote I'd like to read. Christians, be steadier in what you do, not blown like feathers at the wind's discretion, nor think that every water cleanses you. Dante, The Divine Comedy, number three. What circle of hell was he in when he wrote that? Can I read this next quote? You can. Because I love this guy. Well, he's kind of dead. I know he is. Okay. He died in the 50s. (laughs) He He was eaten. But he's quoted as saying, Lord, give me firmness without hardness, steadfastness without dogmatism, love without weakness. All right, I got a quote to read. Go ahead. Who to tell what tomorrow will bring forth? Did they not laugh at Moses, Christ, and Muhammad? Was there not a Carthage, Greece, and Rome? We see and have changes every day. So pray, work, be steadfast, and be not dismayed. Marcus Garvey. Ah, yes. They sold him for rice. Who wants to do the next one? You got that, Norm. Only in winter can you tell which trees are truly green. Only when the winds of adversity blow can you tell whether an individual or a country has steadfastness. John F. Kennedy. I got a good quote for you, Billy. Doubts and mistrust are the mere panic of timid imagination, which the steadfast heart will conquer and the large mind transcends. It's from Helen Keller. I bet you didn't see that going. Wow. Let's find see what you did there. I have one more quote I'd like to read. More God. So there's an overlying theme here I'm, I'm trying to expound on and expand on, and I'm wondering if you guys have any thoughts in this respect. Of course I have thoughts. Well, the Bible's pretty clear about being steadfast. So listen, I'll, I'll take it out of the context from the Bible to a different context, to what's going on in the world today for a lot of people, and uh, I'm one of them. I'm in a spot right now where, you know, with this business, trying to get the business to take off, I've got some choices right now. I either uh, stay strong and sturdy with the direction I'm going in, or I turn and run, basically. People need to understand, you know, it's not easy. Life's not easy. Don't just go with what you hear. Don't just go with the easiest way out. You know, believe in God. Believe that he's going to lead you. You know, if you pay attention and you listen and you do the things you're supposed to do. I'm not saying be perfect. I'm saying have integrity. I'm saying wake up each day and walk in that straight line that you're trying to walk in. Not that you're not going to misstep because you're human, you're going to. But going in that direction, as you said, Bill, haven't, you know, how did you say it? Your compass? Moral compass moral pointed compass, north. <clears throat> headed north. And uh, every day you got to get up and you got to do that. Not that you don't have bad days, not that you don't have bad hours in the day, some days that are even good days. No, bad but, minutes, bad seconds. Sure. You know? <laughs> but you've got to keep moving forward. You got to keep moving in that direction. As soon as you say, you know what? This is just too hard. Listen, we've talked about this many episodes ago. It's extremely easy to tear something down. It's extremely easy to destroy things. It's hard to build. It takes patience. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes resources. It's hard to build upon anything, upon yourself, physical build, mental build, whatever you want to say. It takes time to build, and you have to be steady. You have to be consistent. You know what I mean? You have to do that. And we have too many people that don't have the time, don't have the patience. The wherewithal. Yeah, to build anything. And this is what's crazy is I just read a quote the other day where they're like, um, oh, man, I don't have enough time to work out. But they binge Netflix for three hours. Or... I don't have enough time to do this, or I don't have enough time to do that. And then but they yet, want to blame somebody else because they're not taking the initiative. Right. That's, what, that's exactly right. They're not willing to put that time and effort in to build whatever it may be. You know, look, I raised my hand. I'm not perfect. I get caught in these things as well. I should read the Bible more than I do. And I'm starting to move back in that direction again. Um, rebuilt a schedule, trying to get back on track with that. You got to look at what you're doing. It has enough accountability. Well, Stephanus maybe doesn't have doing. anything to do with results as much as it does about effort. No, it does have to do with results. There's two types of goals. One goal is an outcome goal. Everyone wants the outcome. They don't want to do shit for it. They just want that outcome. The other type of goal is a process. 
process goal. That's the steadfastness. If you do this and do this and do this, right? It's just what I was talking about in my business. I'm not even close to the outcome that I want, okay? Or need financially for my business. But every day we continue that process. Every day, everyone in this business that works with me continues with the process, stays steady in what they do, believes in what they do, work hard at what they do, take care of the clients, take care of the people within the business. That's the focus. Do the right thing. Stay in the moral compass. Have integrity. I know what's going to come out of that. I believe it in my heart. I know it. And people don't want that. They want to just focus on the outcome. This current administration is considering making a standard wage for every citizen in America. I, I, that is mind-boggling to me. No, if you don't work, you don't eat. That's biblical principle. Yeah, and 101, actually. How can yeah. they do that? How can they tell us I'm not us saying that we shit. shouldn't take care of the poor or needy because that's a biblical command, too. But that's up to me. That's up to—and the church does a great job of that, regardless of what— the media and people in society will tell you. Well, there, there's two things that play there, Norm, and I agree with you. One, what you're seeing is a purposeful destruction of the middle class. And then once you've done that, you've created two types of people, the haves and the have-nots. And it's that book I read last year by A.J. Hayek, The Road to Serfdom, is all about that. And the word serf is just a very lofty and politically correct way of saying slave. Right. Second, in regards to a quote-unquote mandatory minimum wage does nothing but cause inflation, and it also incentivizes people. Yes, exactly. And what I really want to say is that up until almost 100 years ago, before the FDR, Godfather of Socialism, wrote out these wheatless and meatless programs, that they were that's what they were called during the Great Depression, by and large, the church did take care of people who were needy or that were in need or that needed help or downtrodden or whatever you want to say. There weren't these mandatory governmental programs that are now oh, the church low. and so did thy neighbor i mean exactly it the whole love thy neighbor thing was actually faith in action and now we have allowed and, and a lot of this was like several generations ago so it was before any of us were even a thought in our our father's eyes but the idea that a governmental organization is going to take care of anything or anybody better than individuals or individual organization can is just a fallacy. I got a great scripture verse for you here. Aren't all scripture I, verses I, well, great? They are all fantastic, but this is very applicable to what we're talking about right now. And I'm gonna I looked up the message Bible version because that seemed to be your thing. So That's Psalms 128. All you who fear God, how blessed you are. How happily you walk on his smooth straight road. You worked hard and deserve all that you have coming. Enjoy the blessing. Revel in the goodness. Your wife will bear children as a vine bears grapes, your household lush as a vineyard. The children around your table, as fresh as promising and young olive shoots, stand in awe of God's yes. Oh, how he blesses the one who fears God. Enjoy the good life in Jerusalem every day of your life, and enjoy your grandchildren. Peace to all Israel. Peace in the Middle East is what he's saying. Peace in the Middle East. That's what I've got. So, once again, I just want to reemphasize that I think right now, instead of pointing out again and again and again different things that are happening that, and try to make people aware of it, uh, I think we should begin to help prepare people. You know, making people aware of the poop storm that we're in is important, but I also think giving people tools and resources and things that hopefully they'll be able to fall back on to go through the storm is equally, if not more important. I just really want to encourage people that yes, bad things are happening. Yes, if you don't understand or believe that, I don't know how to convince you any longer. But yes, there are ancient and time-tested virtues that 
are applicable then and even more so now that we must rely upon. So, closing thoughts, gentlemen. More God. More God, less of me. What was that, John? 3.30. I must decrease, he may increase. Spoken by John the Baptist, who was not a very nice man, by the way. All this talk about, we should just be nice. Christians should just be nice. John the Baptist was not a very nice. To, to quote St. Swayze, be nice until it's time not to be nice. I like it. Uh, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you share. Uh, we're on everywhere you can listen to podcasts for now. Apple, Spotify, Google Play. Uh, please subscribe on Rumble. Doing really well. Flawedcast, Flawedcast CLE uh, fl- on Rumble and YouTube. Flawed Inc. Our website is You can check out my daily flawed vlogs there. Um, we are on the Project Mockingbird social media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are also doing well on Parlor, Gab, and MeWe. And with that being said... All right, we're going to do this. I don't want to be in a camp. I, I, All right, some some birds weren't meant to be caged. Now you're a bird. <laughs> Maybe a dodo. The things you do for love, the things you do for love. Flowers everywhere, flowers everywhere. Ah. I love the flowers. Sometimes when they touch. <laughs> <laughs>What you're saying is this. People this day and age we're in are... Pussies? Tip of the passports. What he just did there? <laughs> Give Bill the tip of the spear. All he knows is he wants it near. He wants a cup. His tallywhacker off. Be a girl. We'll call him Wilma. That is Norm. He is a storm coming in here. He was just born. I'm not good at doing this shit. So right now I'm just going to. You you should have said I'm just too legit to quit. I told you I'm never good at this. Johnny on the vocals. Can't you see how much everyone loves him? Someone loves me. I remember this one. You got to know when to hold them. Know when to fold them. Know when to walk away. And know Know when when to run. run. If you look at our government, you know which one it is. Pack up your shit and run with the wind. Math is racist. Wow. Highways are racist. I think, I think math was created by a white person, so... Jesus? Jesus wasn't white. Jesus wasn't white. Every damn picture of the guy I've seen is... <laughs>
but you're a white male, which makes you racist. Actually, it makes you a white supremacist, which is worse than racist. Right. Well... Let's just take it all the way to the ninth degree. If I cut my tallywhacker off and call myself... You will not be a racist anymore. Billy Jean. You will be loved and accepted by everybody. Good. That's what I want. I, I didn't know Pelosi slept with Kennedy. Jack? Mm-hmm. Well, he, he That's what I heard. Everybody. Did she used to be good looking? She was actually halfway yeah. decent looking, yeah. Big boobs. Pelosi? Have big wampums? No shit. I mean, he had Marilyn Monroe, and he goes to Nancy Pelosi. No, no, he had. He's one of those dudes up there in the thousands, okay? Richard Harris played a good Marcus Aurelius in Gladiator. That wasn't really Marcus Aurelius. That Richard was Richard Harris played a good. Well, why you? <sighs> and he died during the filming of that movie. That's because he was suffocated by Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> I watched Richard. it happen. What's going on with your pants right now? What do you think Chris you're like in your twenties or something? Nasty. Podcast episode seventy four take two. Podcast. <laughs> Are you done? We're not touching the mic. Are you done? Hey, is everything okay, Bill? Can I go now? Hold your bridges. Yeah. Silence, please. Jason's going to start. Oh, you gotta be careful. Normal, call me a baby again. Baby. Baby. Nobody puts baby in the corner.